If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life. But it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey. And that's what you're going to get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer. Welcome to 2022. We're in a new year. And as you may have noticed, the show also has a new look. I am so excited for both of these things. The new look has been a long time in the works, and it's also part of a bigger rebranding I did for my coaching company, which is called In Tune. And I have to tell you guys, I loved this branding process. If you've ever gone through one before, a branding process before, then you know how it really makes you dig in really deep and get really clear about what you're trying to bring into the world and how it's gonna be of service. So when I started this branding process, I gave myself permission to really embrace change, to really not be precious about anything, to just kind of let go of whatever needed to go so that I could usher in if things needed to be new or different or change, I just wanted to be open to it. So I was really actually delighted when I came out of the other side of this and the podcast name, Unleash Your Soul Song, still felt really accurate to me. So the only thing here that really needed to change was the look. We're still here embracing the edge of becoming. We're still here exploring the themes of spirituality, self-knowledge, change, personal growth, all of that so that we can really map out plans and take action. But what really changed a lot was my coaching practice. And I have to give a lot of credit to this show and to all of you for helping me really unearth what focus my coaching needed to have. I just started my practice in 2021, and I really just started as a generalist, which is a fine way to get going. You get a lot of experience, you get a lot of exposure to different people, different things that are happening. You get to try different tools, techniques, and practices. Really great way to start. At the same time, I was noticing that the clients that were coming to me from listening to the show were really dialed in on embracing the edge of becoming. That place where you're fighting through the uncomfortable unknown on your way to discovering some new aspect about yourself. And I found that my practices and my coaching style were really supercharged in this spot. I really believe that I'm best suited for helping people to weave together whatever their inner experience of spirit is with their external wisdom and the reality of their lives so that they can get in tune, share their gifts, and experience the joy of striving for their potential. And the whole reason that we want to do all of that 
and what my ideal client wants to do is to help heal the world and to find their place in doing that. So I've really dialed my coaching practice into that spot. You can learn more about that on my new website, theintuneexperience.com, which I'll link to in the show notes. When you get there, you'll have the opportunity to download a free workbook on uncovering and defining your core values. This process is something that I've used myself, and I've used it with my clients, and last year, I fine-tuned it with a group of you who participated in one of my workshops. So thank you so much again to everyone who participated in that. Now, I've talked about core values so many times on this show, so you know that I think core values are your true north. And without them, your compass doesn't really know where to point. Can you still get to where you're meant to go? I mean, sure, I guess you can, but it's going to take you a lot longer, a lot longer. And you might fall into a few ditches along the way. So I say, just get those core values defined and straightened out, and it's going to supercharge your journey. This is why I'm offering this resource for free, because I believe it is so foundational for what we're doing here, for really embracing the edge of becoming. I want you to get in there. I want you to go for it. And I want you to do it based off of your true north. So that workbook is free for you. It is on the website. Happy New Year. Happy New Look. It is the time of year for change, which is what we're talking about on today's show. The process of making life changes. I'm sharing a practice today that you can try out on your own if you're looking to make some of those life changes. So this is not a newsflash. We all know it. Change is inevitable. It's prescribed in our DNA as evolutionary beings. It cannot be stopped. So why? Why do we get in such a twist about it? (laughs) Why is change so hard? I don't think that all change is necessarily so hard. But I think there are two different types of change. And I think that we're better at accepting change that's known, or maybe the better way of saying that is change that follows a more universal pattern. Even if we don't know the outcome of the change, we can still accept it because everyone goes through it. You know, it's a universal experience, like becoming an empty nester or getting older, things that happen to us through the course of life. You can still accept those changes even if you struggle with them because other people are going through the same thing. We just see it as part of life. And in some way, that makes it easier to just flow with it. Where I think we struggle the most with change isn't necessarily with the kind of change that happens to us. Though that can be very difficult to manage through, and I don't want to discount how difficult that can be at all. When change is coming to your doorstep that you don't want, and you find yourself on your back foot and you're just trying to manage through it, that is a very difficult and hard process. But when we're standing on firmer ground and change needs to happen, I think where we struggle the most is when we know that change has to happen and that we have to make it happen. It's the change that we're choosing, the change that we have to take some action to effectuate. It's the type of change that leaders make. Because when change is happening to you, you aren't really leading. You're just managing through that. 
But as leaders of our own lives, which is what we're trying to do here when we're embracing the edge of becoming, we're really trying to become the leaders of our own lives. We have to put change into motion for ourselves. And that is some seriously scary shit, you guys. Like really scary. Especially when you're embracing the edge of becoming. Because that kind of change is demanding. And it's really unique. Now, change itself is actually very universal when we're embracing the edge of becoming, but what that change looks like is particular because what it's going to ask of you is specific to your soul's calling. Beyond that, not everyone chooses to embrace the edge of becoming and travel on to the further journey. So this idea of proactively effectuating change that might be difficult, it isn't really something we embrace as a society. When someone's going through a challenging change process, the first thing people ask, what's the first thing people ask? Why? Why is this happening to them? Right? We always want to know why when it's hard. And more often than not, what's embedded in that question, it's not true curiosity. It's not the heart level curiosity that we're after. It's the head looking to blame or to judge whether this change is, quote, worth it or not. Now, we've talked about this so many times on this show, the difference between head and heart knowing and why it's so important to be heart-led. But I want to emphasize again that it's especially important to be heart-led when you're embracing a change process that you're proactively putting into motion. Your heart will give you the clarity on why, and you'll need that Because there will be people, hear this clearly, there will be people who won't understand your change process, and you've got to be okay with that. You've got to, to keep going. The only way to be okay with it is if this is truly heart-led change. Now, this is not a show to talk about if you're leading from the heart or if it's heart-led change, because we have covered that in other episodes. We covered it in the last episode, Three Steps to Find Your Groove in 2022. And we also covered it in the episode on discerning between heart-knowing and head-knowing. So if you need a refresher, go back and give those a listen. You can put me on pause. We can just take this episode and wait a minute, go back, get refreshed, come back. And then we want to get into talking about change. Because today, I have a tool for you for how to go through the process of making life changes, of proactively making the change. Now, if you're in a situation where change is happening to you and you're struggling to manage through that, I encourage you to work with a licensed therapist to help you through. This is a great example of where a coach might not be qualified to work with someone A coach is most helpful to people who are standing on at least a little bit of terra firma. That ground might be shaken, it might be rumbling, but you've got some footing. You're not managing through, you're looking to lead to. There's the difference. So this episode is for people who are looking to lead to something and they know that change is gonna be part of that leading to. So this is an exercise that I do in my one-on-one sessions with clients. This is where I ask questions to help pull them through the process of making life changes. And throughout the session, I will reflect back to my clients some of the points that I hear them saying 
which is a technique that's called reflective listening. It allows you to actually hear what's coming up for you. And it's remarkable, isn't it? How sometimes when we're talking and the person listening to us kind of shares what they just heard us say, and somehow a light bulb goes off that didn't go off when you were talking, when you were saying it. It only went off when you were hearing someone reflect it back to you what you had just said. It's a really powerful thing. And if you've ever found someone who can do that for you, you should treasure, treasure, treasure that gift because it's a gift. It's a hard skill to really, really listen to someone without putting their words through our own filters. We're really good, not necessarily intentionally, it's kind of a subconscious thing, but we're really good at coloring their meaning with the shades of our own emotions and our own experiences. And it's equally as hard to listen to someone without an agenda of contributing to the conversation or the agenda to influence their thinking Because we're social creatures. When we're in a social or work setting, which honestly, that's kind of where we find ourselves the majority of our lives. We're either hanging out with our friends, hanging out with our family, or we're working. In those situations, people usually aren't listening to just be the receptacle of your thoughts. They're listening to be part of a dialogue, or they're listening to influence what you're thinking. So this practice for making life changes is highly effective when you can do this with someone like a coach or a spiritual advisor who's trained in active listening techniques and who has no agenda whatsoever other than to further your growth and potential. If you don't have access to someone who can play that role for you, a great alternative is a reflective practice like journaling or writing in a stream of consciousness That can be another way for you to work with this change practice. Because really, when you're journaling or you're doing writing in a stream of consciousness, which is just free writing, which journaling might be as well. Some people have more structured journaling practices, which is why I want to make a differentiation here. If you have a more structured journaling practice, then this might be better done as a stream of consciousness where you just let it fly. Like you just take a prompt and you just write whatever comes out. You're not writing with any other purpose than just dumping it out. So really, if you can dump out all of your thoughts, all of your feelings, experiences, and emotions, and then let the page feed it back to you what you said, that can be a different way to do this. You just have to make sure that your inner editor does not have her red pen out when you're writing. You can't let your inner critic come on inside and start to tell you, oh, no, no, I I shouldn't say it that way, or that's not really what I mean. You have to be able to just kind of let it flow. So if you're not in a position to work with a trained coach or some kind of spiritual advisor, I recommend trying this as a journaling practice. And I'll post these prompts on my Instagram page, at Unleash Your Soul Song. So if you don't have a pen and paper handy right now, don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have to pause and capture them or stop listening because you're driving. Just keep listening. Keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. And I'm going to put these on my Instagram page. You will get the prompt. So don't sweat it whatsoever. Okay. So the idea here is to get into your stream of consciousness where you don't edit yourself and you just let whatever comes flow out. In my one-on-one sessions, what I do is I help my clients sift through what they're saying so that they walk away with some nuggets of gold. 
And after we go through these prompts, I'm going to offer you some ideas on how you can sift through your writing to extract some of your own gold nuggets. All right, so in this process of making change, we focus on three steps. The first step is exploring the change. The second step, tapping into past success. The third step, visualizing a positive outcome. The first step, exploring the change, is the biggest step. I have seven journaling prompts for you or stream of consciousness jump off points for you. And these are the questions that I would ask in my one-on-one sessions. And the first one that we're doing in exploring the change is we are going to ask ourselves, what needs to change? And it sounds like a simple question. And it is a simple question. But getting the answer can take a little work sometimes. So my recommendation when you're working with this one, what needs to change? Ask it three times. Ask it to yourself one time and write whatever you need to write for as long as you need to write. And even if you think that you are emptied out, ask it again and do it again. And even if you think you're emptied out on that one, ask it one more time and write again. It's remarkable how sometimes you can ask the question once and then you ask it again and then you ask it again. And before you know it, you start to really scrape away some layers and then you're like, oh, shit. This is the actual thing that needs to change, not that thing that was in my first answer. It's a surprisingly effective way at getting to the gold. Ask it three times. So that's my first suggestion on that one. What needs to change? Do that one three times. The second question there, what's the benefit of this change? What would be great about it? And here again, beware of the editor inside of your head. Just write would be awesome about it. Your editor's going to want to go to what's negative about the change, what would be hard about the change. That's not what this spot's about. This particular prompt is just looking at what would be so great about this change. So give yourself permission to just go there. And again, if you're having trouble unearthing it, do it three times. On any of these, you can do them three times, but especially that first one, three times. Okay, next question. What's the payoff you get from not changing at all. Because here's a little secret, guys. We do get something from not changing, especially when it's a proactive change and we know it needs to happen and it's just not happening. You need to identify what the payoff is that you're getting from not changing at all. Usually, the payoff is some form of security. Not changing is kind of like a security blanket. I get the security of the status quo, of what is known. Or maybe it's a coping mechanism. Maybe this is what's helping you cope and you don't want to change it because then you'll lose some kind of coping mechanism that's probably not too healthy, but you'll still lose it and you don't want to lose it, right? Whatever that payoff is, just identify what it is. No judgments here. Remember, we are just exploring the change here. We're not judging it. We're not making decisions about it. We're just exploring. So right now we're just exploring 
what the possible payoffs are. The next question, what will you lose by changing? Great powerful question, because whenever you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. So what will you lose by changing? When you change, you are saying yes to something and you will be saying no to something else. It's super important to identify the no. It may be something you have to give up, like maybe late night snacking, if you have decided that the change you need to make is to get your health in order. Maybe it's giving up sitting down and watching TV at the end of a long day. If you are trying to start a new project and you need to find an extra hour in your day to work on it, there's something you're going to be giving up. So just identify what it is. And again, remember, no judging it. We're not going to judge or make a decision about whether we want to give that thing up or not. We're just going to identify what it is that we'll be losing by changing. Then we're going to ask ourselves, what is it costing us? to not make this change. There is a cost to not changing. What are you cutting yourself off from by not making this change? So you're gonna go through and list out all of those things. Then the next step, on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the highest, how committed are you to changing? Like 10 is like I'm in 1000%. One might be, I don't know, this change just popped into my head and I'm thinking maybe, man, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. It's just important to know where you are. Remember, we like to accept things as they are. We like to live in reality. That doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean the change can happen. It doesn't mean the change can't happen. We're just taking information in right now. We're just exploring the change. So wherever you are on that scale of one to 10, how committed are you? Just note that. And the last question that we ask ourselves when we are exploring the change is what one action could you identify to step into that change? One action. And don't kid yourself to think it has to be a huge action. It doesn't have to be. I just heard an interview with James Clear, who's the author of Atomic Habits, and he said we really have to readjust our thinking about change, about reaching goals, and to stop thinking about it as a finish line. He said the number one myth about forming new habits or changing is that there's a time period on which if you do something for so many days, you'll have a new habit or the change will take place. You know, we hear that the 30 days to a better body or, you know, 21 days to meditation, and then you're going to have a meditation practice. Consistency is important when we're stepping into a change process. But the reason consistency is important goes back to what we said at the very beginning, because change is inevitable. We're always going to be changing. We're always going to be changing. So at any point in time, we're always just looking for the one next step. That's it. We're always looking for the one next step. It can be a big step. It can be a small step. It doesn't matter. What matters is the step that you're taking it, the consistency of moving forward. So in this last question that we're exploring under exploring the change, 
What one action could you identify to step into the change? If this change is scaring the living shit out of you, don't pick a big step. Like, don't pick a step that you can't do. Bite that sucker down. Take a smaller bite, just a little taste, right? Maybe you're just getting a lick of it. You're not taking even a whole bite. Something smaller. That's all you need. One thing, one step towards that change. It's not a finish line, so we don't have to gobble down the whole thing at once. It's a never-ending possible. It's never going to stop. So you don't have to do the whole thing at once. Just one little step. Okay, so those are the seven areas that we look at when we are exploring the change, and that's the first step in this change process. Now, that is the biggest part of the process. It has seven questions. And again, I'll post them on my Instagram page so that you can have them as prompts that you can use. That's the biggest process. And the reason is because we usually don't even give ourselves permission or the space to just explore a change. If something comes into our head and we feel like that might be a change we need to make, it usually comes in as feeling very binary. Either I have to do this or I'm not going to do this. I either have to do this all the way or I'm not going to do this at all. And that's just not the reality when it comes to a change process, especially for life changes that you are trying to put into motion. You're allowed to explore it. You're allowed to take cautionary, small, exploratory steps. You don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to know where it's going to lead you. It's all the things we've talked about on this show. The first step is exploring that change. So there's a lot of work to do just right there. That's why that one has seven questions. And they can be pretty deep and hard to answer. So take your time with those. Give yourself permission. There is no timeline here. The second step of this change process is to tap into past success. We have three questions here that we're going to ask ourselves to really harness the power of tapping into our past success. The first question, what is one positive change that you've made in your life? Don't overthink this one, my friends. One positive change that you've made, whatever comes to your mind right away, I would run with that one. Then you're going to want to ask yourself, how did I go about making that change? And the way I like to think about this is, what inner posture did I have to take that allowed me to take that step, just the first step, towards that change? Where did I have to get myself to? How did I go about making it? What did I tell myself? What did I surround myself with? What did I do that built up that success architecture around that change? And really dissect that. The third question is, how could you bring that same energy into your life right now? And that's such a fun question. That's like a purely playful, really expansive kind of question. How could you bring some of that same energy into your life right now? And drawing those parallel lines between that successful positive change that you made and this one that you're trying to do right now. You would be so surprised how we forget what it was that helped us make a positive change until you sit down and ask yourself the question and really make yourself answer it, really think back and list it out. And what was it that I did? 
And how could I start to bring that in? That is actually a really powerful, powerful practice. So that's the second step. Tap into your past success. The third step is to visualize a positive outcome. I love this step. I don't know why. This one, I really, I enjoy this one. Maybe it's very creative. I'm not really sure. But I was reading an article in Psychology Today, and the author was talking about how almost everyone has heard about the power of positive thinking. He was saying that the power of positive imagining is even greater than the power of positive thinking. Because in most cases, before we're even capable of actually doing something, we need to be able to picture ourselves doing it first. And I believe it was about a year ago, we had Jen Ride on the show, and she was talking about a study that was done in Harvard, where they were studying two different groups of people who were trying to learn the piano. And in one group, they gave people the actual piano. They gave them lessons and had them practice on the piano. And with another group, they did not give them a piano. They just gave them the lessons and made them imagine in their head that they were playing the piano. And at the end of that study, both groups were at level. They could both play an actual piano at the same level. So the power of imagining is really something we need to harness. So in addition to rational language-based thinking, you know, like, I think I can, I'm going to keep a positive attitude, I know I can do this, you've got this, Becky, like all the things that we want to say to ourselves to pump ourselves up, richly visualizing specific scenarios can also greatly facilitate successful outcomes. And just think about it. It makes sense. Like, think of these famous athletes that choreograph their moves in imagery before going into action. Like, champion skiers imagine themselves negotiating almost every inch of a slope. And champion tennis players picture themselves executing successful shots. Ballerinas and gymnasts will practice their moves in their imagination as much as they will practice them at actual rehearsal. So it's a very powerful thing to imagine yourself doing the activity. So really, we need to see it either through our imagination, which Einstein himself said was more important than knowledge. Interesting little quote there. Or we need to do it through some other type of imagery, like a vision board. I think those can also be very powerful. And we don't need to get into all of that. Just go watch The Secret or some, some other manifestation, something. There's a lot out there about it. But this whole idea of imagination and imagery, it's a really powerful scientific concept for a reason. It really does cognitively move us forward into a different state. So for this third step, visualize a positive outcome, the first question we're going to ask ourselves is what would it look like if I fully embraced this change? What would it look like if I fully embraced this change? Like really just write it out. Don't let anything stop you. Just flow, flow with that writing. And then the second question you're gonna ask is how would an ideal day look with that change in place? The point is to really walk through your day. And what you want to make sure you do is that you want to have at least three key markers of what your ideal day would look like with that change in place. Okay, 
So those are the three steps that can really help you in the process of making a life change. We explore the change, we tap into past success, we visualize a positive outcome. And we have those journal prompts for each of them to help you work through each one of those steps. So if we were in a one-on-one session and we worked our way through all of these questions and I would be feeding back to you what I heard you saying, I'd be using phrases like, what I hear you saying is, and then I would very intentionally use the words you used so that you could hear yourself back. Now the paper is gonna do that for you if you've successfully kept your editor and inner critic locked up. So just reading back might be really, really powerful for you. Certainly answering the questions will be powerful on one level, but don't skip the step of going back and reading it. And what I recommend is, Give yourself a little space. Take some time away from it. Do the stream of consciousness writing, the journaling writing. Do that in one sitting. And then give yourself some time. Take a little time, maybe a day, maybe two. I wouldn't take much more because you don't want it to get away from you. But at least a day. Take some time and then come back with fresh eyes. It will help you become an observer and it will remove you from being the person who wrote it. So that can help a little bit there. So take the time to go back over, read it, but give yourself space. Another thing I would say in one-on-one sessions when I'm giving feedback is, I heard you mention blank a lot. You know, what role does that have in this life change? Or how does that come into play for you? How you can use that if you're working on your own is to look for patterns in your answers What are you saying over and over again? What are some of the themes? What are some of the words that you're repeating? And tease that out a little bit and see if that doesn't highlight something for you, if that doesn't turn into a little bit of an aha or a golden nugget. Now, the opposite of that that I have done in one-on-one sessions that has been equally as powerful is that I've noticed a small thing that my client might say, and they may just say it once, but it had a particularly strong charge to it. You know, I could see their whole demeanor change, just a, an uplift or a spark of joy or just a, a sense of life coming into them. Their body language changed. Something about them changed when they brought this little thing up. And it would be enough for me to take a note and to go back and say, you know, I heard you mention this one thing. What role does that have in this life change? And they may say, oh, it has no role really. I just love doing that or it's just something fun or something that brings me joy, but I don't really see it as having any connection here. And that's okay. But more often than not, what they say is, oh, holy crap, I forgot about that thing. Or, wow, I didn't realize how really important that piece is. It was just a small little thing. So look for that in your writing as well. And again, don't look for these things as you're writing. Just when you're writing, just write. Let whatever comes out, come out. Don't edit. Don't be the one looking for things. Just let it come out. This is only when you're going back, right, a day or two later. And you're going to go back and you're going to look. And then read through and see if there's something that pops out. Like maybe it's one small little thing. Give that a look as well. Okay, last but not least, another thing I do when I'm in one-on-one sessions, is that I listen without an agenda. 
here's a little inside insight for you. <laughs> when you're in a coaching session, the coach doesn't actually know where the session's going to go. We don't. We follow the leader, which is our client. We are following our client's threads to help them unwind things. So we don't know where those threads are going to go. We don't even know what those threads are usually at the beginning. We find the threads and then we start to unspool them, right, and unwind them. We have no clue where that's going to take us. But we do that so that we can uncover their wisdom, their wisdom, so that they can move forward. They can't uncover their wisdom if I'm coming at them with my agenda. So you can't have an agenda when you're in a coaching mode. And one way that you can translate this into what you're going to do if you're going to do this practice on your own is when you're going back and going through your readings, I want you to beware of the word should. And this is the should that you're hearing as the observer. So when you're going back and reading through your writing, if you hear yourself saying, oh, I should have included XYZ in that answer. I don't know why I didn't do that. Uh, uh, uh. That is a huge red flag. Stop. Stop right there. Make a note. Literally make a note. Write it down somewhere else. And just say to yourself, what does it mean that I left that out? You need to ask yourself. You need to uncover and unpack that. Because there may be a reason you left it out. You have a should there saying, well, that should be part of the answer. But maybe for you, it shouldn't. And there's, again, there's no right or wrong here. This is you trying to uncover your truth, your wisdom, and how you work with that. So be real gentle with yourself if you're going through and you're hearing yourself say should, should, should. Make a note and just know that those are some things that maybe you want to dive into a little bit deeper on your own. All of this work, all of these questions will help you as you move through a change process, as you move through identifying what needs to change and then how and if you're going to go about that change. All of this is going to help you push forward. So there you have it. That's one of the many tools I use in my coaching practice that revolves around change. In fact, this is only part one in a three-part series about change. Part two is about interrupting habits and patterns. And I'm going to give you another tool you can use for that. Now, that episode is not going to drop for a month because I want to give you time to work on this piece. It is so easy, you guys, when you are in a change process, when you are embracing the edge of becoming, when you are living in the unknown, when you're in that foggy in-between space of the now and not yet, it is so super easy to get so overwhelmed with tools and techniques and practices and, and this kind of guide and that kind of guide. And we talk about a lot of it here. And it can be overwhelming to say, wow, where do I start? The answer is, Start wherever you want to. Honestly, start where you want to start. But give yourself some space to work through whatever that practice is that you've picked up. See what's there for you. Work with it a little bit. If it's resonating with you and helping you move forward, keep going with it. And don't worry that there are other practices out there. That's okay. You might need those later. You might not need that now. If you found something that's helping you, stick with that for a little while and work with it. If it's not helping you, 
That's okay too. You can let that practice go and there will be others. There are other practices out there. So for this series, I don't know how you're going to be listening to this podcast. If you're listening to it in real time with me as I release them, then you're going to get these about a month apart because I just don't want to rush you. I just want to give you the time and space to do the practice that I'm offering. If you're listening to it on binge, if you've just found these and we're months out and the three-part series is all the way out on change, I suggest for your consideration that you take some time in between listening to each of the episodes. So stick with this one for a little while, work with what's there for you. Then when you feel like you've gotten it, move on to part two and then same thing, wash, rinse, repeat. So that's my recommendation for that. Give yourself some space, give yourself some time. That's what I'm going to do in getting these out. And until then, I would love to hear from you about how this practice landed. Is it working for you? Are there spots that just aren't doing it for you? Drop me a message on Instagram at Unleash Your Soul Song or shoot me an email, which I will put in the show notes, and just let me know. I'd love to hear. If you're listening to this in January of 2022, then you still have time to snap up a free one-on-one soul session with me. It's a 30-minute session just for you. We can work on this practice if you'd like. We could work on the A-N-D practice I talked about in the previous episode. We can do some open-ended coaching, talk about inner critic, whatever you need, whatever you need. Those 30 minutes are for you. You can grab a session. At this time when I'm recording this episode, there are a few left. So hop over there and see if there are any still there and grab it up. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. So here we go, guys. We are heading into 2022. I am ready for it, and I hope that you are too. I'm looking forward to being back with you again soon. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to be with me today, and have a great week. You and me, you and me, he and she, he and she, next door neighbor, stranger down the street, form a chain, form a chain, grab the clouds, grab the clouds, cause we have Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and our services, please visit www.four26studios.com. That's www.four26studios.com.